Blog Talk Radio. Come back home to Africa. Come back 
Indeed it is, as always, divine, all blessed, peace and love, joy and prosperity, elevation, relevation, manifestation, you are now listening live to the Divine Friends. And always an archive at your leisure and convenience, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan-African Hoodoo world spiritualist perspective, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just See beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, and it is my ever-living reality. It is crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my teaching, my walk, my works along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. Yeah, it is how I, the divine prince, make sense out of all that we are challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding, place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine, all-blessed reality. And so it is. Ashe. Ashe, oh, Ashe. Some say, I bobo. Yes, indeed. All is truly. All is truly and indeed a blessing. Um, please, please, beloved. Please, beloved. I appreciate those who love the show, support the show. Um, call into the show, tweet into the show. You just can't call me live <laughs> during the show. All is a blessing. I just can't take a call through my cell phone. I can take a call through my platform on Blog Talk Radio. And many of you already know that that number is area code 3472. I'm reciting my own number. <laughs> Please forgive me. My new number is area code 845. Two seven seven nine one four three eight four five two seven seven nine one four three. When you're ready with your question, comment, or request, I have three people with their hands already already raised. Area code three two three, area code three one four, area code three zero four. In that exact order, and I'll be coming to you just momentarily. I appreciate people calling in, participating, supporting. Uh, those are my stars. Those are my co-hosts who call in at area code 845-277-9143 with your questions, comments, and requests. Some of you are on device. I get that. And I honor you. So please type your questions in all capital letters if you are able to do so. Sometimes people are randomly blocked. 
uh, for spam for some reason uh, because of the algorithm and they are unable to type in all capital letters. So I ask you to use punctuation, appropriate punctuation, question marks, etc., and quotation marks so that both myself and Keona, our chat room moderator, um, soon to be co-host, uh, co-host, co-host, <laughs> but she don't know it yet, um, can bring you into the conversation and, and allow me to see your questions, comments, and requests, and, and even your greetings um, in, in a much more clear uh, fashion without me having to lean in into the screen. And of course, Kayla Talk, um, and, and any anyone else, HG, that I may have missed or, or neglected because I didn't see your name, I, I welcome each and every one of you individually, collectively, to this squared circle of gods and goddesses. And, and as I often say, as I typically say at the beginning of this show, the creation of sacred space is crucial, is necessary, is mandatory to the development of any sacred pursuit, to any spiritual pursuit, whether it be in the body, whether it be in the mind, whether it be in the spirit, whether it be in the environment. We call that environment feng shui. You know, that's one way we, we reference the environment. The move of energy in us, but also around us. So the creation of sacred space is critical, is crucial to any spiritual pursuit, to any spiritual endeavor. And and understand, it's not just the stuff. Particularly right now, some some of you, you know, getting low on your candle stock. You might not be able to go and get your candles. You might not be able to order your candles. Some of you are getting low on supplies that you can't order. Epsom salt, so far, it's not a run on Epsom salt. You know, so far, it's not a run on, on ammonia. So far, it's not a, a run on, on honey, you know. So there are items, of course, that we can order, that we can have delivered, that we can have shipped. But sometimes when you're in a bind, when you're in a crunch, when you're in a tight space, when you're in a confined space, when you're locked in, when you're shut in, when you're sick, you don't, and, and when you don't have resources, you don't readily have means to material, carnal, physical items, icons and books, uh, texts, uh, uh, religious notions and potions and whatnot. And so indeed your creative space, your sacred space must be created within all traditions in the ancient world, all traditions in the indigenous world speak of the body temple and the, the priority that we must take, that we must consider in how we operate within our body temple. For indeed, we are physical man and woman. We are physical humanity, let's say. But, but, but we are more spiritual than anything. We're more energetic than anything. Our power is in our spirit. Understand me, this is not taught in school. This is not stressed in school, though it is implied in some cases. It is referenced to in some cases, sort of like this. We are God incarnate. We are God manifest 
in a physical body. And some of you who are who are operating still from that that magical book, you know, you know the one. Even he said, even your prophet said that greater works that I do, you shall do. And so we are indeed a, a physical clay, earthen, humanoid manifestation of the divine creator itself. And so we have access to the inheritance of our foremothers and our forefathers, that's ancestral. But we also have access to the inheritance of our divine creator. And so it is that which we aspire to grow to. And so in doing so, we create sacred space and we guard our inner temple as well as, well as our outer temple, particularly in these sedimentary times for, for some of us. Some of us are a little bit more active now that you have time physically, you know, and, and you can always exercise. You can always take long walks, long drives, you know, to the country, to the rural area, you know, to the isolated uh, uh, track, you know, to the isolated uh, uh, fields, but, but stay away from the playground, stay away from places where you got to make, you know, physical contact with things. And thus, we understand that we have to evolve now. We're on, we're on God's timeout. We're on the goddess's timeout right now so that we can grow, so that we can develop, so that we can achieve the next level. And I've been predicting it for many of my callers, many of my clients, many of my readings, many of my divinations are showing up the star quality, the wealth, the prosperity, that exists in your hands right now, in your hands right now, in your mind right now. I, I say in your hands because you can paint it, you can create it, you can write it, you can make it. Intellectual property. I had this conversation with my mom yesterday about how the idea, the awareness of intellectual property came along with, with technology and the internet but now how that has developed in terms of what we consider is of value, what we consider is sellable. When we think about music and movies and cinema, we, we know that to be intellectual property, but not just because it's on cellular, not just because it's on a CD. Now it's being delivered to your home through Hulu, through Netflix, through Amazon, through brands individually, in and of themselves. And so we're talking about intellectual property, something that is not necessarily held in the hand, but comes from the mind, comes from the third chakra. I'm sorry, from the, the third eye, sixth chakra, the seventh chakra, the eighth chakra, et cetera. It comes from our higher octaves in terms of energy output. Our lower octaves keep us alive, keep us functioning, keep us in survival keep us in maintenance, if you will, make sure that we feed ourselves, house ourselves, cleanse ourselves, take care of our children, take care of our, our loved ones and, and meet our needs. Those are those sort of result-oriented things that we expect, anticipate, move within that are physical, that are carnal, that are material, and those are necessary to life. But then there's that spiritual maintenance, cleansing, purification, 
spiritual feeding that has to take place. Some of you don't read, haven't been reading, long since lost the habit or the notion of reading through life. You got caught up in life. Now is an opportunity to focus on that again. I can't tell you how many times I hear that from, from a godchild, from a, from a caller, from an initiate, that they are honest enough to say, okay, I, I struggle with the reading part. You know, whether it be focus, whether it be skill, whether it be, hola, beloved, hola, como esta usted, ustedes, I know that's proper, <laughs> but como esta. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, um, I know some people, you know, might struggle or, or just have a little bit of challenge, you know, with, with reading, with studying, with putting those words together. Some of us are, are sort of over-consumed with the hidden qualities in words, which could be a good thing when you're doing that consciously and, and in focus. But when you're constantly dissecting every word, as I often do, um, it can sometimes get in the way of you staying on track, staying on course, particularly in communication. Many of you have seen me do that here on the show, live on air. I can talk, I can digress, I can get long off track from, from, the, from the point. Now, I have godchildren, I have family members, I, I have friends who, who are right there. My sister Wapani, every detour, She's there, and we can always come right back to the main subject. But I find that comes with people who are indeed erudite, erudite, but also spiritual, and take that time to examine not just your first stimuli, which comes through your body, but but then that sub-stimuli that, that operates through the spirit. And to some degree, the spirit comes before the physical. I get it before the phone rings. You get it when you when you pass the stranger or meet someone anew from afar, but you already start registering that that feeling, that idea of, of goodness or or negativity, or, or this person might be out to do me good, or this person might be out to do us us harm. And so we all know there have been occasions where our body has tricked us. You know, you, you think you heard something and, and you jump. You think you felt something you know, an insect on you, but, but it was a leaf, a string, a, a piece, you know, for hanging from your clothing. Uh, so again, we have to be um, lucid, just like lucid dreaming, which, which requires an awareness within the dream. We have to have lucidity, even in our feelings, even in our emotions. How many times have you jumped the gun emotionally when you thought it was an insult, when, when it was a misunderstanding? When you thought it was a read, when it was something else. When you thought they were saying A, when really B was being said. Um, so we can jump the gun as humans. Our animal nature sometimes trigger. If you look at the behavior of a cat, for instance, we talked about uh, animal totems and, and animal nature yesterday, thanks to uh, Hoodoo Occultism, who called in uh, with a powerful question about animal totems. And I spoke of how we as humans have nature in our bodies. We have earth, water, fire, air, and of course, ether or the gases or the spirit realm, which connects to our mind as well as our body within us. So we do respond sometimes like a cat. We do respond sometimes 
like a bird. We do respond uh, sometimes in the appropriate occasion, uh, like an aquatic uh, uh, creature. Uh, and of course, we could always talk about alien intervention and, and reptilian creatures if y'all want to go there, <laughs> you know, and, and, and talk about other uh, uh, theories as well as conspiracy theories, uh, as well as ancient stories that, that point to other uh, ways of, of viewing what's happening in our world, what's happening around us. Uh, I'm going to go to my phone lines now. I've, I've held you up long enough. I'm going to say everybody's area code three times. <laughs> that way, if there is a duplicate area code, I'll have the opportunity to say your area code 323, for instance, um, and then I'll say the exchange. Um, it also gives you an opportunity to get ready 323, because you know by the time I say the third uh, numbers that I'll be ready, <laughs> ready to open your mic. So area code 323, your mic is open. Who's calling and where are you calling from? This is Kiana. Hey. <laughs> I am good. I am real good. Glad to Another hear day it. In the land I've been living. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That's a part of my be affirmation. At the end of the day, be alive. Whether you think this is real or not, whether you think this is a hoax or not, whether you think it's coming from the 5G system or not, people is dying. People are dying. So at the end of the day, whatever you do, take care, be careful, be clean, be distant right now from people and be alive. My goodness, be alive. <laughs> yes, indeed, Keanu, what you got to say today? I have come to look, I was all stressed out yesterday over nothing. And then I just had an epiphany. I would rather be paid than right. I was trying to prove a wrong. Somebody wronged me um, with the trucker, and I was just trying to prove it. I was stressed out, and I was just working so hard. And I was like, you know what? Mm-mm. It's not worth it because at the end of the day, do I really want to die like this? Do That's I really right. want to die not having accomplished what I came here to accomplish and having to come back? Because I don't want to come back to this. Mm-hmm. So now I you made sound a decision. Now you sound like Tina Marie and Deja Vu. Thank God I'm not coming back here no more. Uh, look, I, I can't. I got to move on. I, I got to move on. I need to get off the short yellow bus take off my helmet and I got to go on to the to the next there's something else beyond this and I and I got to get there in a hurry. And you and know, you know and, and you know what the hurry is? You know what the quick the, the shortcut to that is? Girlfriend, hmm. you gotta do that homework. You gotta do the homework. We each and every one of us subcontracted, if you will, with the divine creators and the ancestors to be here to do a job, a specific job. Now, now I hear you. I, I don't understand what it is. I can't see it. It's not clear to me. I'm having trouble figuring out. I'm having trouble. I, I get that. Caller, listener, whoever it might be. Uh, I, I don't mean just you, Keona, beloved, but we are all here to do something. And so the, the quickest way to not have to come back here and reincarnate and live this life again and confront whatever new challenges will exist 
in the future, because you, you would ultimately be coming back in, in the future, is to do the work, is to do the work. Keona, I know I got you on mute, beloved. I'm gonna come right back to you because I got so many callers. I don't want them to get impatient um, and start dropping off. Um, you might not know that, but that happens. Area code 314, beloved, 314. I hear nature behind you. I hear birds and, and nature sounds behind you. <laughs> you hear birds? Well, I you sure are correct. Hi, Uncle Ty. It's Jamie. Greetings. Greetings, beloved. How you doing? Oh, my God. I finally got to talk to you. Hi. How are you? All is a blessing. All is a blessing. Just being happy, being hopeful, Same being here. at peace. And that's all I can do. Yeah, that's all you can do. That's, that's all I can do. I just wanted to, I, I'm not going to, I know you said you got a lot of calls on here, but I'm not going to hold you or anything. I just wanted to uh, say hello. I love you. I listen to you. All that. I love you. I listen to you as well. And please, please be different. Be well, be oh. safe, happy. be at peace, but stay home. Be safe. I am. Stay Okay, I am, okay. believe me, I am staying home. Yeah. But thank you. You can always stay online. Um, I'm going to keep your line open, but just mute yourself so that I, I don't hear. I mean, you know, you don't have to mute the bird sound. But if you got other kind of background <laughs> sounds going on, um, you can then mute yourself. And then when you want to say something again, just open your mic again and jump back in. I'm going to um, right, also reopen. I'm just going to sit here in silence. Well, um, shoot. This and ask her. You know what? I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just going to go back, tune into your lives, and uh, I'm about to go fix me something to eat. I haven't eaten yet. Okay. So, yeah. Enjoy, beloved. Okay. Enjoy. Area code Thank 305. You. I'm coming to you next 305. Eric code 305, who's calling and where are you calling from? Eric code 305, please turn down the show and answer your phone. Your hand is raised. If you have a question or comment, beloved. Okay, 305, I'm I'm just going to come back to you. So, Keona, it's just you and me right now who, whose mics are, are open on, on the phone, beloved. Okay, 305, that's Keisha. She must have forgot because she's in the chat right now. Well, you got a better memory than me. It's so hard to keep up with everything, <laughs> everybody. And the show switchboard does not save the name. So every day I have to type the name in a new. Every time someone calls, that's why I ask who you call, who's calling, where you're calling from. And then I type that in news uh, for, for each broadcast. Before I move on, beloved, I want to set sort of a foundation for today. And particularly today, which, which is the foundational day. It is the day that we acknowledge the power of the spirits that stand up in foundation. For those of you who understand, today we acknowledge the warriors, we acknowledge the machete, we acknowledge iron, we acknowledge the, the cauldron pot, 
we acknowledge the crossbow. We acknowledge the hoe, the gardening tool. I don't, I don't mean, yeah, the, the gardening tool. If we acknowledge the hoe, we acknowledge prosperity and abundance and, and the efforts, both literally and figuratively, that go into life and, and the furtherance of life. Before you can look at abundance, before you can look at uh, 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 prosperity, we must look at life. We must look at nature. And there is no voodoo without nature. But today we also acknowledge those indigenous spirits. Uh, some might say Indian spirits, but, but more appropriately, uh, indigenous spirits. We indeed have incorporated the power and the presence and the lore of indigenous spirits, even in Louisiana voodoo, even in Mississippi Delta voodoo, even in New Orleans voodoo. Many of you know my masking Black Carnival tribe represents Blackhawk, which is a powerful deity that was introduced to us here in New Orleans by Mother Leafy. Mother Lisi Anderson brought him to New Orleans with the spiritualist church movement in the early 20th century. Black Hawk has played a central role and symbolic role in the fight against oppression and discrimination among the devotees of Black Hawk, but, but also at the grassroots level, at the community, on, on the streets, if you will, here in the city of New Orleans and and particularly in certain neighborhoods of the city of New Orleans. Black Hawk is venerated as an ancestral spirit among the Mardi Gras Indians. Uh, New Orleans Buddhists, as well as root workers and kanja doctors and, and others, uh, acknowledge Black Hawk and the power of not just Black Hawk, but indigenous powers here in the Americas who assisted us on our journey in the Americas, who's fight with us sometimes, fought, fought alongside of us, sometimes gave us survival skills, uh, sometimes in order to escape oppression, in order to escape literal enslavement. And so Mother Lisi, by way of the Black Spiritualist Church, brought Black Hawk to New Orleans, introduced Black Hawk to New Orleans, and so he's a spirit that's close to my heart that I operate strongly in. Um, and, and I give a lot of credit to Denise Alvarado, uh, who, who may or may not be listening, um, for her written work as it relates to uh, not just voodoo, root work and conjure and voodoo here in New Orleans, but even more specifically to the acknowledgement and the sharing of Black Hawk. But we can look at the greater Pan-African diaspora, um, the greater trans-African uh, uh, diaspora, if you will, and see uh, elements of indigenous honor and worship uh, when, when we stand up for our ancestors, when, when we say, Egu Mopeo, Egu Mopeo, Fanmini Alafia, Fanmini Ire, Fanmini Iwapele, Mandope, Mandope, Pupo, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. We are not just calling up Nigeria. We are not just calling up Ghana. We are not just calling up West Africa, but we are calling up the Agro in our bloodline. 
we are raising up the DNA like a crystal within us. And so whatever ancestry stands up in us comes through. And I invite you, I got an email today, I got yet more ancestry uh, relative uh, through my email. You know, you get an alert every time someone that is related to you by blood takes uh, a DNA test. And so 23andMe, because you know I use two sites, 23andMe and Ancestry.com, sent me this email earlier today suggesting that I have yet more new, greater uh, relatives who now have taken, taken the Ancestry test. And so we have a certain degree of indigenous blood that stands up in our ancestry. And one thing that I like is the tests are improved. They are getting better, especially in the environment of all the conspiracy theories and propaganda and, and arguments and controversy around ancestry tests and their ability to, or their willingness to, in some cases, um, acknowledge and keep an accurate track of indigenous blood uh, in indigenous ancestry. So um, keep checking in. I've suggested to you before that the ancestry tests are often updated, um, sometimes once a month, but now it's coming a little bit more frequently um, where the indigenous bloodlines, particularly of people of color, because that's where the bulk of the controversy seems to, to, to exist. Um, know that that information about indigenous ancestry is constantly being updated. Uh, another ethnic group, if you will, another region that acknowledges uh, the African, the indigenous, um, the wholeness of humanity, e even, even that which is European and Eurocentric uh, within us is Venezuela. Um, and, and I love Maria Leonza which is a, it's called a cult, but it's a spiritual practice that comes out of, uh, of Venezuela. Often something is called cult or occult or, or pagan when we want to put it in a negative Western light, in the light of Judaism, in the light of Islam, in the light of Christianity. So we know Catholicism is strong, strong, and so Catholicism is strong in Venezuela. So Maria Leonza in Venezuela is called a cult practice, uh, not necessarily a, a cultural practice, as might be seen in Cuba or, or Brazil, even closer. I don't have to go so far from, from, uh, from Venezuela. We can look at, at Brazil. Maria Leonza is the highest and most important deity in the pantheon of the cult of Maria Leonza, if you will. You seek to look for the name of the practice, the name of the religion, when you read the written material that is often offered Maria Leonza. Now, when I'm hesitating in my language, it's because I'm buffering on YouTube um, and I'm trying to keep talking without sounding broken up on YouTube. I'm sorry, on Block Talk Radio while at the same time trying to maneuver my, my device uh, with my left hand to get my YouTube uh, to stop buffering and, and get things back on track. 
So if you missed it, Maria Leonza is the central figure of the so-called cult practice of Maria Leonza. Uh, in the looking for information, in the reading of information, in the study of information, they're often talking at it almost in the third person because you, you keep looking for the practice, what's it called, the religion, what's it called, you know, this, this spiritism, what, what is it called? Uh, and it's referred to as Maria Leonza, but they say the cult of Maria Leonza. And she is part of a pantheon of deities that stand up in practice. She is part of a trinity of saints known as the Tres Potentia. I hope my Spanish is together. The Tres Potentia, three powers, three powers. The other two figures that stand up in this trinity of three powers are Guapuro, an Indian chief murdered Spanish colonialist, and a Negro figure or a black figure known as Pipe, an African figure, an African slave who was also murdered by Spanish colonialists. These saints are the lead figures of the Pantheon and lead several lesser deal. When we say courts, it's similar to Dominican Republican voodoo, um, 21 divisions. And so they have visions, uh, whereas in Venezuela, they have courts uh, within the practice of voodoo. In Haitian uh, voodoo, you have, uh, Na you have Nago, you have Rada, uh, you have Petro. Uh, another way of examining houses, courts, but more importantly, ethnic groups, ethnic groups, and the traditions that followed specific voodoo ethnic groups. And when I say voodoo, I, I mean Ghana, Nigeria, Togo, Benin, wherever they were brought from, Senegal, their indigenous practice and beliefs would be under the umbrella of what we, what we now reference as as voodoo. Um, so those three powers, the African uh, saint, martyr, if you will, the uh, uh, Indian or indigenous martyr, and then Maria Leonza is, is, is often viewed as an Oshun-like, uh, Frida-like figure. Um, she's often depicted as either Creole or, or light of skin. Uh, in some cases, she's depicted as, as white. Um, she's often wearing royal attire, crowns and, and jewels and, and things of wealth um, in, in her imagery, in the, in the symbolism in which we, we know Maria uh, Leonza. Uh, she often operates in, in some of the requests and petitions that we often associate with uh, uh, Frida uh, Erzali or a Oshun-like uh, deity. The courts that exist within this Venezuelan African voodoo are the Indian courts, led by Maria Leonza and composed of many uh, Venezuelan Indian chiefs or indigenous chiefs. There is a medicinal court led by Jose Gregorio, Hernandez and composed of many other famous doctors. There is a court of wine 
made up of a number of figures belonging to Venezuelan folklore. Uh, and that's a real nice soft way of saying revolutionaries um, who stood up and fought uh, often were martyrs uh, in, in, the, in the cause of uh, civilization for the indigenous people, civilization for the enslaved people. Uh, there's a court of teachers led by Andres Bello and some other authors, authors, writers, poets, literary figures within the Venezuelan, uh, Afro-Venezuelan might be a, a way of, of saying it, uh, culture and community. There is the Black and African court led by popular Black figures of Venezuelan history, such as La Negra Matea, M-A-T-E-A, who was a slave brought to the Bolivias, and Nanny, she was the nanny of Simon Bolivar. Simon Bolivar is a, is a local street here in, in New Orleans, and so we acknowledge and, and reverence historically Simon Bolivar, even here in, in, in New Orleans, even this far north. New Orleans is often described as the farthest or, or the furthest northern Caribbean city. Uh, it's often also referred to as the most African city uh, in, in North America. Uh, so Simon Bolivar is a figure in the Black or African voodoo courts that we see in in Venezuela. And for those who are just coming in anew, I'm talking about voodoo worldwide. That's another way to title this show. I'm talking about voodoo worldwide. And I'm talking about specifically today, as we acknowledge figures like Oshosi and Arisha Oko and, and, and Papa Ogun, that the acknowledgement of indigenous or so-called Indian misnomer indigenous figures in the, in the new Americas, how they show up in voodoo, how they stand up in voodoo, how they became a part of the, the pantheon of deities that we acknowledge in voodoo. And, and these indigenous figures are acknowledged in Yoruba culture, are acknowledged in, in Ifa practice, are acknowledged in Santeria, in Lukumi, in Palo, in, in Louisiana voodoo, uh, and of course, south of the border, uh, which is what I'm looking at right now. I also often talk about Venezuela, Argentina, Brazil, Honduras, because we often have a very limited view of Black America. When we say Black America, we think we're talking about Black people in America. We are not considering North America, Canada. We're not considering South America, Central America. Often, when we say Black America, and so our language has to evolve. Our awareness has to evolve. When we look at what voodoo is and truly educate ourselves about what voodoo is, as I have done and continue to do over the years, you then have to look at your brothers, your sisters, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, your grandmas, your great-grandmas, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, and outward as more of a sphere, if you will, than a, than a straight line. <laughs> it's more of a sphere. Um, and outwardly from you, you can't always be codependent on your cousin's DNA test, your brother or sister's DNA test, uh, particularly when we have stepped and have and, and, and broken families or recreated families, reconstituted 
um, families. And, and we often think that what is said is what is known about our families. We often think what is said is the gospel truth about our ancestry. Well, if grandma said it, if mama said it, it, it must be the only information, it must be the only knowledge. And many of us, including myself, are meeting first cousins, first cousins, second cousins, by third cousins by taking Ancestry.com, by taking 23andMe. Um, so there are many other reasons that the powers that be, if you will, that fuel um, what conspiracy theorists go after. There are many reasons that they would keep you active in, in preventing people to uh, stop taking these DNA tests because there are other avenues of information that we don't always consider. Like the, the, the outside children, you know, that are being tucked away, that are being hidden, that are being de denied. Yeah, you're not going to be able to hide that with the DNA test. My brothers and sisters are showing up in my test. The, the ones that are taking it, they're showing up. Uh, and they have a distinct category for that in Ancestry.com. Um, other close family, other close relatives, I believe is what they refer to it as. The remaining courts of Maria Leonza in Venezuela, um, beyond just the African and, and the Black courts and the, the indigenous courts and the medicinal courts and the court of the wands and, and, and the court of the teachers, which includes what we often call the griot, G-R-I-O-T, the writers, the storytellers, the rappers, the hip hop artists, the, the people who create our lim limericks, the people who, who put things into poetic form so that it makes it easier for us to remember, so that it makes it easier for, for, for our crystals to program it, so that it makes it easier for us to pass it on along generations. So beyond these courts that, that I've already mentioned um, is the celestial court composed of a number, number of their Catholic, Catholic saints or, or religious saints, the political court, which indeed includes Simon Bolivar, but also other um, notable public figures, if you will, within the Venezuelan uh, culture that are seen as powerful sometimes as having done something profound for the people like a Malcolm X, uh, like a Marcus Garvey, which I often refer to as egungund. They don't necessarily have to be in your bloodline, but they stand up for, for the bloodlines of, of all bloodlines in America. They, they stand up for the people, if you will. And so they rise to the occasion. They rise to the, to the rankings of egungunds. So if you're thinking of who to call out when you're acknowledging your ancestors, who to acknowledge when, you, when you're acknowledging your ancestors out loud, which is something that we do, we say out loud, we repeat their name. It goes all the way back to Kemet. It goes all the way back to ancient Egypt, the, the reciting of names, the repeating of names, the, the creation of imagery keeps these spirits alive. That's why some main religions fear graven imagery, fear the reproduction of imagery, because it contains some essence of the person some power of the person, good or bad. And, and so the last court of the Maria Leonza voodoo 
is the court of the Malandros, Malandros, which are made up of deceased criminals. Now, what I find unique to, and unique is probably not the right word, uh, because we do have some element of cr criminality in root work, in conjure, in voodoo. Um, I don't always practice in it. I, I can practice against it. I can break it up. I can bind it. I can remove it. But I'm not a projector of a criminal spirit practice, the criminality that exists within spirit practice. And, and what I mean by that, when speaking of the court of the, the malandros, of course, I'm trying to allow my, my buffering, the opportunity to stop. Before I say way too much and my YouTube live listeners don't get it all. So forgive the delayed um, hesitancy in my conversation. I'm trying to allow my, my YouTube live listeners to be present and, and not have them miss a word of the conversation. In, in area code 305, I'm going to come back to you again. Um, I, I think that's Keisha. I'm going to come back to you again and see if you're, you're ready um, to give your greeting, salutation, or question or comment. But this court of Malandros, we see it um, popular to some degree in South America, Central America, Mexico, in direct association with the drug trade. And so there's this harnessing of power, harnessing of spirit to protect them in that endeavor, uh, protect them from the police. So, so there's a little bit of that Ogu energy there um, to protect them from the system of justice um, and, and the spirits that stand up uh, uh, clearly for justice. You know, your Shango and, and your, and your Obatsala, uh, and, and of course, uh, Ilegwa, Eshu, Legba, who, who will administer that, that that justice, uh, who will get you caught up in, in the trick of your imagination, the trick of your ego, not imagination, the trick of your ego. Um, and so they call on, rely on, have created, because we create Orisha, we create Loa, they have to be birthed, they have to be born. There are those that are, that are birthed with the universe, that are birthed with nature, that are birthed in creation, but then there are those that we create humans with our consciousness, with our God consciousness, with our God power and the ability to create. Just like you can create a fear in your mind that doesn't really exist. Just like you can cre create a, a, a hopefulness for the lottery, you know, and you, you didn't already create a shopping list and, and you already made plans and, and you didn't quit your job, you know, because you're just that sure you know, that your tarot reading, you know, really laid down the law about what this lottery uh, result was going to be. Uh, and, and then it happened, or I should say it don't happen. And now you have to reevaluate uh, uh, your reality. So these these criminal-based deities, um, Loa, Arisha, um, are, are used to, and I guess I shouldn't say Arisha proper. Uh, because the Yoruba would then probably delegate sort of those troublemaking spirits, those disruptive spirits, um, to another category, to, to another uh, level of, of representation. And so we see certain deities, certain uh, uh, characters from 
from culture, from history within the Latin, Hispanic, South American, Central American culture uh, that you can buy at the Botanica. Um, often Black people in there are and well-informed, don't even know who these figures are or why they're even in the store. Um, so we're often given very vague and limited descriptions of, of who they are and, and what they are. Um, unless you can speak Spanish or, or unless your shop is a little bit more bilingual, a little bit more culturally. Um, Air code 305, did you have a question, comment, or request, beloved? Air code 305. I'm opening your mic, 305. I also invite anyone else. No, to I'm live. just listening. Okay, thank you so much for that. You can mute yourself again. Um, I thank you so kindly for everyone who's listening now at area code 845-277-9143 because your stream of audio is not breaking up. Because <laughs> if it were, Keona would have told me. Uh, but, but my YouTube live keeps coming and going, keeps coming and going. So I'm not sure um, what that is. Uh, I'm trying everything, including moving the location of my phone. Maybe my phone is too close to the computer itself, um, and that could be doing it. So I'm going to try a different angle, a different position, and maybe we can get um, less buffering. Now, I know Keon and my regular listeners are, are, are looking at me side-eyed right now because we've been having all kinds of technical, technical issues since day one. Uh, and some people believe it's conscious. Some, some people believe, you know, that technology uh, – is, it can be controlled, so therefore technical glitches can sometimes be created and recreated and controlled. Um, it could be in the algorithm, and the algorithm could be pressing down on certain shows that might not meet popularity uh, from the pop cultural perspective, religious shows, political shows, uh, shows that talk about Donald Trump, uh, pro or con, you know, th those shows are being pressed down by algorithm right now um, because of the, the fear of manipulation from outside governments and outside power uh, in the coming election. So it's all kind of reason behind the uh, breaking up of the audio. So I strongly invite you to watch me on, on YouTube, chat me on YouTube, but put it on mute and call in or, or put me up on your desktop or your smart TV as my mother does and listen to me uh, there, but you can always put, you know, your 845-277-9143 on speakerphone and then mute yourself, the audio consistently without so much frequent breaking up. Also, if you don't already know, I play music 15 minutes coming into the show. So if I'm on time, Block Talk Radio lines are open at 1.45. Actually, we can communicate. I can hear you, I can talk to you if you speak to me on the phone lines and everyone's mic is open between 1.45 and, um, I'm sorry, between 11.45, I have just dyslexia among other things, um, between 11.45 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon, I play music. Um, or I will talk if I have something to say and communicate with people who are online. And then the phone lines remain open an hour past two o'clock U.S. Standard Time. But you must call in, I believe, before 
10 or 15 minutes before 2 p.m. in order to remain on the phone lines past 2 o'clock. So all those people who are on the phone lines with me right now, and there are many, um, I want to call out everybody's area code, 323-305-318-313-301-212-213. I didn't even know they even used 213 anymore, are all on the phone lines. Just press the number one, ask 318, has done. And I'll open your mic and bring you into the conversation. Erico 318, um, I'm assuming you have a question, comment, or request. So I'm coming to you hey. to you next. Um, who is that? Did you have something to say, beloved? Uh, no, I was just saying this Hoodoo or Koto. What's your Erico? 318. Oh, okay, because on my desktop, um, your mic ain't officially open yet. It, it, it's still spent. Okay, <laughs> so I'm glad to know that it, it's actually open. And let me refresh my page because on my desktop you still look muted. Um, greetings, beloved. Greetings, Alafia. Welcome to another edition of Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Hoodoo Secrets and Recipes. I, I appreciate you as a co-host, um, as a supporter, as a listener, uh, as an active participant, because you always have great questions. Um, you often have questions that other people want to ask. Um, so so what is your question or comment today, beloved? Okay. Um, let's say, uh, and, I, and I speak a lot for the common people, for the people like millennials and stuff like that, you know, for this new generation that's coming in. Um, yes, you What you saying? I'm saying yes, you do. You do. Okay, we have this new thing, right? We have this new thing where people, not new, it's not new, but people have your internet, you know, your social media, your Instagram and all that. You say one thing wrong to these people, and now, not these people, but a certain individuals on social media, you say one thing wrong to them, and you you offend them in any type of way. I see a lot of people threatening each other. I'm going to put a jar on you. I'm, a go- I'm going to put, you know, you in a honey jar. I'm going to get some water water. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hex you. How do one protect themselves from Internet, you know, troll hexing mentality these new people have in this you know, movement? That's a great question. Um, with all due respect and humor, I, I find it a shady question because you know I'm about to cut up when I get those kind of questions. Um, and, it's something that I, and it's something that I speak a little bit to every day on the show. So the first thing is, is it real? It isn't even real. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should uh, operate in it or suggest it. So just because they say root worker, hoodoo worker, conjure worker, black witch, whatever, just because that is your username doesn't force me 
to believe it. I'm looking for evidence. I'm looking for footprints. I'm looking for information. So my first response is, but these people are not even real. It's a veiled threat. It's just bad energy and bad feelings. And so, yeah, there are, there are ways to protect ourselves from just bad energy, bad feelings. That's no more different than the evil eye. That's no more different than the sister or brother who sits across the aisle from you at the church or at the temple space who don't really like you, who don't really care for you, who feels some kind of way about your car, who feels some kind of way about, about what you're wearing, who feels some kind of way about what you how you dress. So, so these black witches and, and wannabe witches and, and overnight witches ain't real. That's the first thing. The second thing is it shows that that gung wholeness about people who are either indeed beginning anew, legitimately in a tradition. And I and I say that with a grain of salt because if you're beginning and if you're coming into these traditions legitimately, then you have godparents, you have elders, you have mentors who, you know, give you some instruction. And so you're not immediately jumping out into, into the public, often with that kind of uh, uh, demonstration, uh, unless you're just rebellious, unless you're just ignorant, uh, unless you're just, you know, drunk, crazy, you know, because you, you can't argue with drunk, you can't argue with crazy. And, and to some degree, you can't argue with with certain levels um, of mental health. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, when I see that, that's what I'm thinking. You know, that's what I'm feeling. Because in an instant, you know, I'm a psychic, I'm an empath, you know, I'm a telepath, you know, I'm an intuitive, I'm a medium. All these different things really represent the degrees in which spirit shows up in you. Um, how it manifests itself. So I'm I'm seeing it, I'm hearing it, I'm feeling it. It's passing through my body. It's passing across my third eye like a movie. You know, when when I encounter a post like that, so I'm very careful about the homepage. I don't go on the Facebook homepage. I often don't go on the on the homepage for Instagram because that's if you're going to get upset about something like what you're talking about, beloved, a hoodoo occultism. It's going to be on the homepage if it's not being directed at you directly. So I try to avoid those arguments. I try to avoid those conflicts. That's another way to protect your energy from that, that, type, that type of stuff. So now let's say you're in it. It's not being directed at you, you know, or, or you already exposed to the post. You know, you, you caught up in the moment. Um, smudge. Burn your frankincense and myrrh. Um, my computer is surrounded by crystals. I don't separate my computer and my computer activity from my spirit work and my spirit realm. One, I, I don't have a choice because I'm doing reading and, and there's that medium there where, where people are coming into my house, into my temple by way of the computer. Uh, two is my business and then my personal business. So, so I, I'm often operating in the computer. So I got all kinds of crystals to protect me from negative energy, toxic energy, from the computer itself, as well as the third eye energy and the emotive energy that people are, are and places are able to emit, you know, by way of your computer activity. So I, I always keep water close at hand. 
when I'm working the computer. I keep Florida water, lavender water close at hand, you know, when I'm working the computer. So I'm often doing that. I'm putting a stone. Uh, quite often, Labradorite, one of my more favorite pieces of, of Labradorite, when I'm working the uh, I mean, when I'm working the computer, um, I, I'm drinking and eating healthy, not just sitting, not just, you know, stressing my eye. You know, I'm still being conscious. I'm also reciting mantras, you know, when I'm working and around in, that, in my computer. So there are many ways to protect you from that energy. But I don't trust them. I don't know them. I don't validate their power. To some degree, uh, our acceptance that the, it might be real is a validation of their fake-ass power. Forgive me, Mom, for you to spend. Um, it, it's a validation, you know, of their nonsense. So I don't validate the nonsense. I, I, don't, I choose not to see the nonsense, particularly if it's not directed at me, if it's not implied to be about me, if, if, if I'm not involved in it in any way. And there are some cases where it might be implied at me or directed at me. And I still ain't involved in it anyway. You know, why? Why would I lower myself to their level to sort of meet at it? Now, if it's a real person, a real scenario, real background, real skills, I would have to look at first your karma. How clean is your karma? How involved are you in this situation, in this scenario? Be sure you haven't taken offense. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think in that magical book, Proverbs, there's a whole series of references back to check me first. It might even be Psalms. Check me first. And I'm using plain English. Check me first. Make sure I'm righteous first. Make sure I haven't offended first. Make sure I'm not operating in ignorance first. Make sure I'm not arrogant enough to think that I'm seeing the entire picture here before I respond, before I act, before I ask you, God, to attack my en enemy, you know, to, to destroy, you know, my oppressor, to, to, to bind, you know, the interloper. There's always that element in spirit practice, and particularly in magic, where you have to be clean. Um, in our uh, imagination, in our Hollywood imagery, in our creative imagery of witches, they are often black or green for a reason. Uh, the blackness, you know, of course represents the earth, death, you know, certain levels of, of decay and breakdown and that level of process and alchemy uh, is being symbolized. Uh, but also, what's going on on the inside, what has accumulated on the inside, uh, what exists and it's, and it's coming forth. Uh, their magical book says um, it's not what goes in that defiles a man, but what comes out that defiles a man. what you say is what you project, it's what you emit. Um, so uh, even an ignorant person, even a person with no skills, no knowledge, no training, no initiation, but then claims to project witchcraft at you, then claims to project uh, the curse at you. Um, 
can still do so just by, by the wickedness of their own evil, just by the wickedness of their own heart. You know what I'm saying? Beloved, give me a second. Give me a second to answer another call, and I'm going to come back to you, okay? okay. Area code 334, um, I'm acknowledging you next. Area code 334. As soon as my uh, YouTube live stops buffering, I'm going to say your name one more time, and then I'm going to open your mic. Uh, just allow me a moment to be sure my YouTube live is back on, and it's not still in the state of buffering. I don't want to give life to negativity, so give me a moment. All is a blessing. All is a blessing. All is a blessing. Um, caller, area code 334. Who's calling and where are you calling from? Yes, caller. Area code 334. Hi, how are you doing? Who's calling and where are you calling from? Um, my name is Saray, and mm-hmm. I'm from, but I'm calling from Houston. And I, uh, this is my first time calling in. I've been following you for a while, but since there's time now, I can uh, kind of tune in a little closer. And uh, it was right on time. Because I literally said to someone today that I was like, today I'm about to dive into um, African spirituality to figure out what's going on, and like then your live was up, so put that as a sign to uh, to, to lock in. But um, my my question was for for someone like me who is aware of a lot, like a whole whole lot, but I've never actually engaged in any concrete. Um, African spirituality practice of any tradition. I kind of just um, like I'm aware. I uphold. I acknowledge my ancestors mentally. I have a, I have an altar space where I just keep some things and it for my um, ancestors. But specifically, how can someone like me take the mindset of okay, you know, there's a lot going on right now. I believe that it is majority spiritual warfare that's going on and I believe that there is no more powerful weapon than the the knowledge that is in my ancestry and within my power as a as a um as a person of this earth and so I just wanted to know what would your suggestions or advice or just words or next steps for someone like me who wants to take African spirituality seriously as a way to combat what's going on in the world right now. Stand by. We're still live. Um, the, mute, the mute button was hit by accident. Hello. It's on one second. I have to... Um, Oh, okay, just making sure I was still on. I was just making sure. Mm-hmm. It's being answered on YouTube. You can hear it on YouTube. It's just on here. It was muted. Oh, on YouTube. Oh, man. Oh, 
Haven't you been talking to me today? Huh? No.
Okay. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Greetings. Greetings, greetings. Okay. Um, I'm going to open area code 313. I just need you to say a greeting for me so I can be sure I can hear you. Erica, three one three. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, Kiona, welcome back. Thank you. I, I'll mute you again until you're ready to speak at your own leisure. Mm-hmm. When you're ready to speak at your own leisure, just press the number one on your telephone keypad, and that will, uh, you know, virtually raise your hand here on my switchboard, and then I'll unmute your mic. Uh, Kiona, thank you so much for staying in there with me. Your mic is open, beloved. Kiona. Three two three, Erico, three two three, eight oh nine. Okay, good, good. Thank you so much. And I appreciate all my callers. I appreciate all my call almost all my callers either stayed on the line or hung up and and came right back. And and I appreciate that. Um I basically had to call in as a guest on my own show. Okay. <laughs> my my no. uh, host mic is completely gone, and I and I can't get it back. Um, so I'm grateful for the system. I'm grateful for the technology and, and the ability to do so, and, and to be able to open you all's mics and still uh, hear you and, and respond to you, um, and continue on with the show. And I'm grateful for mobile technology because it suffered a little bit, but. But the YouTube Live is still rolling. Um, almost everybody is, is still with me, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. I just ask you, please, I love your thumbs up. I love your support. I love your, your following of the show, your subscribing to the show. I really appreciate that. But I also would like you to say something. Speak up. Be heard. This is your opportunity to speak your questions, to speak your thoughts, you know, and, and considerations about voodoo, about ATR culture, um, about our culture and how it's showing up in the world, about spirituality um, and religion, about the occult, about paganism, about witchcraft and, and what that means, you know, or, or does not mean uh, in, in the course of voodoo. If you're in the chat, I welcome you to type your questions in all capital letters. Keona has a really good does a really good job of, of catching your questions, seeing your questions, and, and throwing that big red question mark up uh, behind your questions so that I can see them and respond to them. Keisha Smith, I'm grateful for you being present and thank you as well uh, for continuing for being for being. In, in my list of affirmations, one is just just to be. Just be, and so I appreciate each and every one of you. The Art of Learning channel, thank you so much for uh, being present. Yes, I am the real deal. Yes, I am challenged. And, and let me be clear, I was challenged on Blog Talk Radio back before I started, started bringing this show to the YouTube Live platform. So anytime I speak, anytime I open my mouth or online, you know, I, I'm expecting the challenge. Um, I have all kinds of security on my internet, all kinds of security on on my uh, computer and and on my devices because I expect the challenge. 
forgive me, Blog Talk Radio, I had to drink some of my juice. I use my juicer. Um, I use my, my bullet, uh, my viper, whatever it's called. I, I use it uh, on a regular basis. I like my, my green leafy vegetables, my spinach. I like my carrots, you know. Um, I even like green pepper. Oh, I love juice, green pepper. You juice some green pepper and add something sweet and tasty to it, you know, like apple. You could even add a little packet of sweetener to it, if you wish. A, a tablespoon, not a tablespoon, a teaspoon, you know, of stevia to it. It is so good, and it's so good for your body. Uh, when I drink my juices, it just goes all through me. And I don't mean that literally. Juicing does not disrupt my uh, elimination process uh, to keep it clean. What I mean is I can feel the vitamins and the minerals and the nutrients just go through my body. Uh, my whole body tingles um, when I drink juices or, or eat fresh, green, healthy uh, fruits and vegetables. So I appreciate you all. Uh, Tanya Chapman, uh, I greet you, beloved. Thank you so much. Anyone else whose name, Julia Rose, thank you so much for returning. Tasha Love, my beloved cousin, my Harris cousin. Uh, I got a new Harris on my uh, uh, 23andMe today, Tasha. Just one more Harris uh, that, that I'm uh, directly or, or distantly blood related to. I appreciate your questions, your comments, your requests. Let me look at my blog talk radio tab, make sure I haven't missed any fingers. Okay, area code, and I mean the, the index finger. <laughs> area code 313, um, now your hand is raised, so I assume your question, comment, or request is forthcoming. Hi, Eric. Yes, beloved, and where are you calling from exactly? I am from Detroit, calling from Detroit. Detroit, and what's your name? Tanea. Tanea, thank you so much, beloved. Tanea, that's how you pronounce it. Tanea. Indeed. Thank you for being present. What's your question or comment? So, uh, my question requires a bit of background. Um, I am an intuitive person who's been being visited by Orishas and Loa for about five years now. It started mm -hmm. when I was uh, 20, 21. Um, and I have been looking to study voodoo with the intention of practicing and being initiated but the problem is i'm from detroit no one here really practices voodoo if you look for people you can't find them it's mostly ifa practitioners wanted to know two questions actually one since you're more acquainted with these spirits what instance occurs for these spirits to come to you in the astral realm that's my first question and two what do i do to begin my studies properly if, 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 if a person has not had marriage Loa, uh, that Haitian Creole for marriage to the Loa, um, then the symbolism that will be presented to you is something completely different. So the same would be for Lukomi, Santeria, Nago, Ifa, directly. Um, if you aren't initiated, if you don't have a relationship, it's like imagining a relationship with, you know, the most gorgeous person you know versus it really being a reality. Um, mm -hmm. So the symbolism is going to be different. 
often if you're being communicated by Arisha, it's probably Irumale, which is the ancient or, or, or high, the, those who created the Arisha, those who came before the Arisha, those, those that I described early in the show as being birthed from nature itself, birthed from Arun or, or, or the heaven themselves, then most likely what's being communicated with to you are your ancestors and then your Orish. Well, since you mentioned Orisha, I'm going to stay in the lane of Yoruba, Yoruba language, Yoruba symbolism. And, and, and so now we're looking at Ori, which is your head. Ori is your first Orisha. I, I don't know how long you've been listening, but I'm, I'm a little bit shady, you know, and I talk about the Orisha romance. The Orisha romance, and, and that is those who consume, as was mentioned earlier in the show, all this information. Uh, uh, who do occultism talk about? All this information from online, uh, and then they're threatening people with curses and whatnot. Well, another way of looking at that, you know, less innocuous, you know, is a person who's trying to self-heal, self-repair, self-divine, do divination on themselves with no training, no leadership, no real understanding. Um, so often it's the Irumale or the Orisha or your Ori, your head that's trying to commute, communicate. And, and for those who don't get it already, the Orisha can't help you without your head. The Orisha can't step in and communicate with you and move for you without Ori. Without your Ori, nothing else can, can get through. If your head is blocked up, clogged up, cloudy, you know, mm -hmm. what's a million dollars going to do for you if, if you're not in your right mind? Mm -hmm. You know, Iyana Vanzette had a young lady on her show who hit the lotto, won millions of dollars, bought a plantation, not just a house, a plantation, okay, and then spent a great deal of her money, you know, on this boyfriend who had an auto repair shop, who had no business savvy whatsoever. It was more like a hangout for him and his friends. Um, and then mm -hmm. he goes to prison, you know. I think for drugs or something or another, and she's spending a million dollars now to, to to bail him and you know all this kind of stuff. And he's destined for years in in, in the pen. You might know the story. The people who are listening might know the story. So often that symbolism is the Orisha showing up to color the message that the ancestors are presenting. They're showing mm -hmm. up as a language. So what colors are going on in the dream? What symbolism is going on in the dream? What mm -hmm. items are presenting themselves in the dream is where the language is coming in, is where the message. And so that's why I strongly, strongly, strongly beat the drum, beat the drum, take notes, journal, <laughs> journal. Forgive me, Carla, I'm doing this for everybody else. Journal, Indeed. take notes, write it down, breathe, breathe, and take notes, and write it down. That is your greatest asset, because often the proof is in the pudding. But if you're not taking notes, if you're not documenting, you don't have no pudding to look at. And I you do, don't have any I've, I've written down everything. 
Yeah, you, you got to, because if indeed they're showing up, I'll be in Orisha, there's a message that's being presented. They're not mm -hmm. showing up, you know, as a sign of you should be crowned by me or, or I'm your head or I'm, I'm leading you. They're indeed mm -hmm. leading in unison like a choir. So there's a mm -hmm. message that's being brought forward, that's being uh, presented. But, but if a person is uninitiated, it's, it's your ancestors, it's the Irumile and, and, and those that, that are higher than the ancestors that are using them as symbolism. And particularly if that's what you're exposing yourself to, they're going to they're speak through a language that you're familiar with or, or the language that you're assumed to be learning and operating mm -hmm. in in that time. Uh, mm -hmm. Beloved, give me a second. I'm going to open just one more mic. Mm -hmm. Everyone Thank who you. already spoken, um, your mics are already open. You, you just need to mute yourself so that we don't hear your background noise. Area code 334, I'm coming to you next. And that way, when you want to speak, you can just jump back in, unmute yourself, and respectfully, politely, jump back in with your question, comment, or request. Um, three, three, four. I'm coming to you next. So, so just give me one more. Three, three, four. Your mic is open, but let me check the chat first before you say something. Um, I see you, Kiona. Thank you so much for your efforts. Thank you so much, Stink Bruner. Um, I don't know if that's you on the phone, but I'm going to come to you next, if that's not you on the phone, after I address 334. 334, who is this? Where are you calling from, beloved? Um, this is Sheree again from Houston. I I was the caller that was on the phone when everything went mute. Go ahead, Sheree. Okay. Um, basically, to summarize um, what my question was, I was just wondering what your advice or suggestions would be for uh, someone who is new to ancestral spirituality to begin to understand um, what we can be doing right now. Because um, I feel like there is a lot going on right now, and I feel like a lot of it is a spiritual war. And I want to feel like, you know, I have some type of, understanding to go off of that I'm helping lend myself to the solution even though I'm not this adept, you know, African spiritualist. So I was just wondering like what are some things that people like me who are new but who have an understanding and awareness of things but not um in any tradition or any any practice, how can we still participate in lending positive forces to this spiritual going on right now? Now, I don't want to assume or make any assumptions, so I'm going to ask the question. You mean with a mentor or without? I mean, I have absolutely no clue, and you tell me if it needs to be with okay. or without a mentor. Oh, like I'm just like, okay. my reason for asking this is just that I woke up with this just like pressing feeling like I need to understand what I'm doing in the sphere, and so I'm just looking for advice in that area. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate your honesty. Um, I appreciate the spirit and the nature in which you present your question. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, it, it's safe for me to say, not assume, um, particularly for a person who does not 
have leadership or who may be what we call just beginning because you know that's an illusion the reality is is you started beginning when you came out mama's womb we already been on the journey so, so that idea that i'm a beginner i'm just beginning is, is a little bit of an illusion but um okay. as simple and it's sort of taboo and as corny as, as as my first answer are going to be you have to take notes you have to journal but more importantly you also have to do some study and some research i often describe it as going to college going to university um if that intense um if you're serious if that intense if you care um if that important if you really want to know so you will be up at night you will be up in the middle of the day you will be napping in the middle of the day and you will be studying in the middle of the night and particularly right now if you're going through this what i'm safely going to call self-initiation process um, right now by yourself or in isolation or in physical separation um, then i get it so this is the time to read 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 study everything um if you privy to your dna results um, if you've gone through ancestor work and divination um, with me or with someone similar to me uh, and you have more specifics about ethnicity, um, then do that. Um, you get a, you'll be surprised the level of information you'll get through a Google search when you use a specific ethnic name as opposed to generalities like uh, Ifa, uh, uh, Voodoo, uh, you know, African religions. When you start using specific ethnic names, a Google list of African ethnicities in a particular country, because there's a whole lot of them. Uh, Nigeria has 200 ethnicities just within the confines of, of, their, of their borders. So get specific, even if you don't have a direct connection to that lineage, you, you just study it. I study a different ethnic group every day. I have a particular uh, museum site that I pull up and I'm not going to share it um, because I don't want it overrun um, and I choose from their list of ethnicity one ethnic group or two depending on my schedule every day and then I research it their gods their spirituality their religion their culture um, and, and so do that it feeds the mind beloved Sheree it feeds the spirit um, um, it moves your third eye forward. It is an extension of, of using imagination. I talked about imagination as being one of the closest uh, senses or, or human character, characteristics that the goddess gave us for tapping into our spirit body, and that is our imagination. Sometimes you have to use your imagination to imagine what heaven is. You have to imagine what being a different person, a better person, a, a better life is in order to then bring it into the actuality of physicality. It first has to show up in what I call the myth, M-I-S-T. So reading and studying and, and, and Googling stuff and looking at videos feeds the mind. Uh, virtually visit museums, go through encyclopedias, absorb that culture because we're so removed from indigenous culture we're so removed from 
third world, so-called third world culture, even though we have third world like conditions right here in the, in the U.S. At the mental level, at the ORI level, we're so far removed from understanding what my family in the middle of Mississippi Delta, some don't have plumbing. Okay, they got electricity, but some of them don't have plumbing. Uh, so some of them don't have internet. You know, they have to have satellite. And who can afford to buy their own satellite and then connect to, you know, a satellite service? Because sometimes in these areas, they don't have, you know, Cox and Comcast out in the rural areas of Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana. We, we really underestimate our modernization in America, our separation as we try to imagine ourselves to be from real third world indigenous world-like conditions. So I like to say coming into ATR, you have to have a renewed mind. You have to. You have to be born again. You have to relearn how to think from a more indigenous world perspective. We often talk about sacrifice and people question sacrifice and animals. And really you're, you're, you're now forcing yourself to think from a more third world perspective. Not just the ritual, spiritual, religious ramifications of it, but the third world ramifications of it, where they kill a chicken every day if they're gonna eat. They kill a goat every day or, or once a week if they're gonna eat and that meat is shared, that meat is respected, that meat is not wasted. You know, it's not just, you know, murder. It's not just killing for the sake of killing. I know to the vegan, it's murder period in the story. But I'm talking to the rest of humanity who, who is more in the middle on, on adequately and appropriately utilizing what's available to us in nature for not just health, body, and strength, and, and manufacturing, and commercialism, but for spirit and religion. There's a certain arrogance that stands up. And, and, and I'm still talking to you, um, Sheree, that stands up in our families. Um, about what we believe and what we do and even your girlfriends your friends you know your male friends might see a change in your behavior or change in your hair or change in your dress and then they start questioning what they believe because of what they see you doing they want to know well what is that what does that mean how does that help you because they want to know well do i need that should i be doing that should i be supporting that and and uh, hoodoo occultism, that, that's at that real basic level of coming into these traditions. Because he asked earlier about being brand new and showing up in these uh, uh, social media sites and wanting to look like Oshun, wanting to look like Voodoo, wanting to look like Papa Lefa. Uh And then when you open your mouth, which is what we do in, in social media, or start typing, or start posting a meme, we really project what we know. We really project where we are. So read, beloved, read, write, take notes, drink plenty of water. I'm not being mama-like, papa-like. I'm, I'm talking magic right now. You have to drink water. You have to get nutrients to be operating any level in spirituality and tradition, but more importantly as a practitioner, learning voodoo, wanting to stand up in that. Um, so drink water, 
eat healthy, clean food, get plenty of sleep, and, and, and enough so that you aren't falling asleep while you're trying to meditate, while you're trying to focus energy through your, your meditation. Expose yourself to religion, world religion. Um, I've studied world religion. I've studied the globe in terms of religion. Um, and not just modern, you know, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, not that that's a bad place to start. That's a great place to start if that's what you've been exposed to. That's a great place to start if that's what you've already had imprinted on you. Um, studying the Bible opened me up to Buddhism. Studying the Bible helped me to understand the, the reality of witches. Studying the Bible That's helped so me to understand yeah, the reality of, of demons and jinn. Uh, so it led me to Buddhism. It, it led me to commit to studying ancient Egypt in earnest, their spirituality, their religion, their language. Um, and then that led me to Buddhism. That led me back to Buddhism. By, by, by going back into me, I ended up back at Buddhism. By studying me, I ended up at Buddha. So study yourself, know yourself, make sense of yourself. For years, I was obsessed with the whirling dervishes and Sufi music. And my DNA says, okay, you got a footprint in, in the Middle East. My DNA says you have a footprint in Egypt. We like to romanticize Egypt, but I'm one of the people who actually has DNA that connects me back to one of the pharaohs uh, in Egypt. So study yourself, beloved. Study yourself. Find out who you are. Find out what you like and why you like it, why you don't like it. And it's that shadow work that um, one of my callers, I'm not sure, is it Kiona? I'm not sure who it is that likes to talk about shadow work a lot. Um, that's where your shadow work come in. Your dark side, the, the, the parts of yourself that you don't see with clarity, because we don't see shadows of clarity. They're not transparent, so you're not seeing yourself in transparency. That's where shadow work comes in. That's where shadow work comes in. The unknown, that, that's still a mystery even to yourself. We don't see ourselves honestly the way others see us. We don't see ourselves honestly the way the ancestors see us, the way God or the goddess sees us. Um, we don't see ourselves often honestly the way we see ourselves. You know, some of you are self-deprecating and pick at yourself and complain about yourself and say, oh, this, you know, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, this, this don't make me look good, this ain't cute about me. And it might not be true at all. It might be absolutely nothing wrong with your style, your dress, your swag, your face, you know, your elements. But, but we will convince ourselves that it is particularly if we have been convinced that it is by other people, particularly those closest to us, parents, teachers, educators, and the like. So drink plenty of water, Sheree. Make sure you're exercising, even right now in this, in this time of being sedimentary. Exercise, be conscious of that even more. And that doesn't require going to the gym, you know, yoga, stretching, you know, meditative exercises, walk the block, run the block, you know, I don't know how much yard you might have, how much land you might have, but utilize it. Take advantage of it right now. All of that feeds the spirit. All of that feeds becoming a practitioner. All of that feeds making sense of, of why the Orisha and the low why 
are standing up for me, are talking to me. They may be talking to you because you can't hear your FA. They may be talking to you because you can't hear your Igbo. They may be talking to you because you can't hear your house. You understand to some degree the language of Arisha, you know, whether you've been initiated or whether you've been exposed to it on the internet. But you might not be as exposed to some of the ethnicities that stand up in you. So the ancestor that you can hear, that you can see, is what's going to stand up in your dream, is what's going to stand up in your divination, is what's going to speak from your table. Not every dead is going to speak. Not every person who dies is going to have conversation for you. Some, some of your family members are going to die and go on to heaven and move on to the next level, and they ain't got no conversation for you. They're not worried about earth. They're not worried about what's happening down here. And it's not that they don't care. It's not that they can't send healing. It's not that they can't send love. It's not that they can't send protection. They're not vibrating in that frequency to be helpers, to be egg and egg if you will, to assist us in, in our daily um, um, encounters. And then there are others who have unfinished work, and so it's a part of their abo. It's a part of their obligation. It's a part of their sacrifice, even as they move forward <clears throat> to fix, repair, and change what's happening back here. So, beloved, I'm Sheree, pay attention to your ancestors. And you might say, well, again, I ain't been initiated, or I haven't had no instruction about that. All they require is faith. All they require is a closet or, or a table, you know, or a corner with a table in it where you acknowledge just the dead. And it's not necromancy. It's not you know, raising the dead, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not um, revenant, you know, revenant or, or reverent, revenant, R-E-V, like Victor, E-N-A-N-T. Revenant is a word from old folklore. It is about animated corpses that are believed to have been revived from the dead, to haunt the living. The word revenant or revenant is derived from an old French word, revenant, the returning. Uh, revenants are part of the legend of various cultures, including old Irish, old Celtic, old Nordic, Nordic mythology. So when we look at uh, uh, Egyptian culture, South American culture, um, African culture, we don't quite see, though it is present. When we talk about zombies, you're talking about revenant. Um, those are revived dead. Um, often they show up that way. We dress them that way. Even Baron Samdi in his, in his most organic form, um, it, it has corpse wrappings has cotton in his ears and his nose, as is often done in embalming and in burial process. So the idea of acknowledging every dead is not the same thing as acknowledging ancestors. It's not the same thing as acknowledging evolved ekungun. The dead need to be allowed their rest, need to be allowed their opportunity to transition need to be allowed their opportunity to have spirit realm and, and the gods and the ancestors greet them, meet them, repair them, and then send them to the next 
destination. But then there are the dead. Egun means dead. Egungun is the ascended dead, the elevated dead. Uh, um, they're vibrating in a higher frequency, and so they have a, a chore, a job, a, a vocation, if you will, to help and assist the living and life in some way on this platform. So acknowledge your ancestors, particularly those that want to help. And you might not know who they are, Sheree. Um, So I say, you know, I, I call on, I invite the intercession, the interference of the ancestors who would do that for my good, who, who would do that which is in my best interest. Those who are desperately standing behind you to push you forward, I invite them in. I invite their, their interference in my endeavor. Um, so, so make sure you're including in all things uh, your ancestors. But a healthy study of, of world religions, world cultures, spirituality, numerology, serious numerology, um, astrology, not horoscope, astrology, and get down to the brass tacks. Be willing to do that work, and I guarantee evolution, increased vibration. And, of course, crystals to, to elevate, to amplify uh, what you're doing, to help retain what you're doing, to help get clarity uh, from your guides about what you should be reading, what you should be studying. And then find a mentor. Find a mentor. Find someone you can trust, someone who's mature, um, maybe someone who's at least, you know, 35 or older maybe. Um, but even at 35, who's serious, um, in, in many African cultures, particularly East African cultures like the Maasai, um, you don't consider an adult until 35. We do it here in the West at 16, at 21, at, at 18, uh, but, but often in, in, in indigenous cultures, you're not an adult until you're 35. Um, they don't think you have enough life experience um, until you're 35 to operate as a mature um, mentor, leader, godparent, and particularly in spiritual traditions. And that's why we often see the imagery, the symbolism of the old hag, um, the old man, the old woman who lives at the end of the road that all the kids are terrified, terrified of and, and scared of. That is how those cultural symbolisms made their way um, into spirituality and religion into our minds and in our memories. Um, we see them as the sage who isolates themselves, who fast not just from food but from life, uh, who fast from people. Uh, I know my sister Gopani, and she probably would not care if I said it live on air. Uh, her goal is to, is to withdraw from humanity. Uh, is to live out in the middle of nowhere, and right now they live out in the middle of nowhere, um, but have access to her own food, her own herbs, her own food, her own vegetables, her own clean water, um, her own resources. Um, and so many people, you know, have dreams of home, and, and not just dreams of Africa home or China home, you know, or India home, you know, um, but, but, or, or the indigenous land, but, but a dream of a home that's on earth, but untainted by the ills, you know, of humanity. So be pure, Sheree, be, be honest, you know, with yourself as you grow 
spiritually as you receive this information. Um, don't agree with it all, but don't be too overcritical of it all either. Stand in the middle, stand in the middle, hold on to that information because sometimes it don't make sense until you read another book. I know trying to make sense of uh, Ephi divination took something like, y'all often ask me about books. Uh, it took me something like 20 books, um, an equal number of years, and four mentors. The most recent one, um, may he rest in a room, Iwo Fasakin, Babalawo Ifasakin, out of Georgia, for me to really make sense of Ifa divination. Um, it's confusing by design. It's confusing by order. Um, when we think we're counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, first of all, West Africans don't count quite like that uh, in a linear fashion. And the Odu are not designed to be counted in a linear fashion. Um, so we are here uh, one, two, three to the Odu. Uh, but they're actually in a completely different order. And then that order is reflective of your lineage. So certain lineages have a, have a particular order. Certain ethnic groups have a particular order that shows up. Agbi is Alpha and Omega. Agbi is Alpha and Omega. But, but many of you view Agbi as the number eight. And Alpha and, and, the, and the number eight in divine numerology is infinity. Number eight is infinity. Whether things are consistent, persistent, blocked, stagnant, or don't change on the number eight in, in, a, in a tarot card reading. It's about the number eight in divine numerology representing infinity. You turn that Arabic numeral, because our numbers are Arabic numerals, on its side, and your number eight represents a continuum, represents infinity represents something that that has some sort of lasting. Now it might be seasonal, it might shift, it might change, it might come on a particular rotation, a particular cycle, but the number eight is, is about infinite opportunities, infinite power, infinite energy, and our ability to accept that, to utilize that to the best of my ability. Let me look at my YouTube chat. Am I missing my questions? Greeting Lapani, thank you so much for bleaching your hands and coming up out of that garden dirt and coming on into the room because I know you're gardening today. Oh, and you heard me. <laughs> you heard me discussing self-sustainability. I told you she wouldn't care if I said it uh, live on the chat. Um, Keona, help me out. Um, where's the question? Or are we talking about my sister's response? Divine self-healing, uh, green of it. I think Bruner was the first one. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Think, okay. Give me a second. I have to scroll up. Think Bruner, beloved. Greetings, greetings. How do you create For some reason, and maintain? How do you maintain? I was going to say, uh, when you're on the phone, I tend to remember your first name. When you show up in, in, in the chat at St. Bruna, I say St. Bruna because I can't remember your name then for some reason. And, and it's okay. I'm sure you're using St. Bruna to protect your an anonymity. And I appreciate that. Her question is, how do you create and maintain sacred space? 
What herbs and burnt offerings do I use? Again, it's simple. Keep it simple. Uh, it's called the KISS theory, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid, is, is what they say in, in, in the 12-step room. Uh, but it is it can be complex. It can be as complex as you are. Um, so first of all, sacred space has to be in the mind, has to be in the body, has to be in the spirit. You can't be full of bullshit and expect bullshit to come out. I recited the magical book, one of the magical books earlier, the Bible, for those of you who don't get it, because um, it's a magic book to me. It's got spells and all kind of stuff in it. Um, it suggests that it's not what goes into a man, it's not what goes into a woman that defiles her. Listen to me carefully. It's not what goes into a woman that defiles her. It's what comes out. It's what comes out. So at first, in order to maintain sacred space, you got to do it in your ori. You got to do it in, in lave, set in your head. Lave means to cleanse. You got to cleanse your head. In, inward and outward. How do you cleanse your head? And ultimately, all your seven chakras. Inwardly. You do that in the spirit. You do that with your spirit work, your spirituality and religion, path and walk. But you also do that by what you eat, what you drink, how much fresh air you're getting, how much air you're getting, period. Many people don't breathe deeply. Many of you talk, get excited, get into your mood, and, and you shorten your breath, and you're not breathing. I appreciate the blessing of Corona in this moment because it, it also gives us an opportunity to think about breath, think about breathing, to think about congestion in a whole new way, to think about how that blocks us up physically, but also spiritually and emotionally, how, how just a little bit of congestion adds to the, the um, uh, it decreases, it adds to the blockage of air that you're able to absorb at any amount of time. And breathing absolutely affects your thoughts, your meditation, how you operate, how you live. Musicians understand this because we have to learn to breathe. I had to learn to breathe to play the saxophone. I had to learn to breathe to, to sing. Um, and, and of course, athletes learn about breathing. So beloved, um, you also want to just breathe, just, just now that you have the time, just sit at the window or sit on the porch or sit on the stoop and look at the sky, look at the trees, look at the, the animals and just, and just breathe and allow spirit to guide you. Spirit can guide you. God can guide you. The ancestors can guide you on your journey. Don't call it self-initiation, but they can guide you, teach you. They tell you what elders you should you should speak to, what what leaders you should make some kind of connection to, uh, and it's not always about a commitment. Uh, if you're in a journey of research, if you're in a journey of, of gaining information, um, so so that's one. But then there is your physical space. You know what herbs are available to you. What herbs are you using? I know often off the top of my head, it's easy to recount frankincense and myrrh, easy to recount, say, it's common and, and it's quite frankly overused to some degree. But yes, there are many other herbs and plants and, and roots that, that I absolutely burn. Um, many of the herbs that I grow and harvest from my yard um, can also be 
burn and applied in that application. Um, so do some research, do some study, find out what's available to you, find out what you might need um, along your, your journey, and then, um, and then acquire that, seek that out. Um, again, if you need some help, you can always um, send me an email at divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. Divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. And I can help you get a little bit more, more specific. Um, I also, another common thing that I burn, but I don't often say it loud on air, is cedar. Um, it's often sold as Apollo. Uh, at your botanical, a sacred palo or holy palo, uh, and it's often uh, li listed in Spanish. Um, so you want to look for that uh, cedar, sage, sweet grass. Sweet grass is something you can grow or, or harvest um, and, and burn. Of course, frankincense and myrrh, rose, rose petals. I burn. Um, I'm able to access a lot of that. Um, in, in the nature, in the wild, in New Orleans, abandoned properties, um, roads can be found almost everywhere in, in the South if you know where to look. Uh, lavender is something many of us grow. Um, rosemary is something many of us grow. My, my rosemary is just prolific. Oh, my God. It's like a monster uh, in terms of its shape and its size relative to the pot that I have it in. Uh, juniper uh, is something else that we can we can burn uh, to smudge, to cleanse, uh, to purify, um, to invoke action, reaction from from spirit, uh, to block certain actions and, and, and reactions in our environment. Uh, burning certain product will keep certain people away from your house. Uh, I know some people who can't stand sell a frankincense and myrrh no matter what, no matter what. Um, and I know those people well, and, and I know their life, and I know what they do and how they live. And so I, I get it. I, I know why they can't handle the frankincense and myrrh. Um, and particularly someone who's Catholic, goes to the Catholic Church, is exposed to the frankincense and myrrh on, on a regular basis, but just can't stand it um, anywhere near my block. And I say my block, people can, can smell my uh, incense often uh, a block, two blocks away. I'm sort of known for my smell, no pun intended. I'm sort of known for what I smell like, what my house smells like, and the smells that uh, emit from my residence. Um, if I need to speak more to that, think, Bruner, I will. Be specific in the chat, and, I, and I'm definitely going to come back. Eric code 334, that's the Art of Learning channel. Thank you so much, beloved. Um, your hand is already raised. All you have to do is unmute your mic if you have a question or comment. And you just, uh, you just... I was uh, thinking about in its entirety, so thank you so much for that, and you basically affirmed um, the, the path I've been on because you saying it's I'm just going in that direction. So so thank you and I'm I'm glad for this opportunity to be able to connect with you more. Thank you. Stay with me. Just mute your just mute your mic, mute your phone, but please stay with me. 
say with me. Uh, Felice Ushua. Oh, Felice, I love you, beloved. I used to advertise for Felice Akushua from my main website. And then some development happened and I lost all my um, advertisement information and I've never resubmitted it back into my website. Uh, but she's in our chat, beloved. I like your icon. And it's an icon that I use a lot, by the way, in, in, social, in my more social social media. Uh, greetings, Felice Akushua. Um, she's asking, where does crystal healing originate in our ancestors? I'm going to say back at the beginnings of time, if we believe that indigenous man, um, I'm also a little uncomfortable saying Stone Age man, um, predating iron, predating metallurgy, um, what would have been available to them, hunter-gatherer, what would have been available to them is what would have been available in nature. Um, I understand before the greed and materialism and capitalism of humanity, um, gemstones, rocks would have been everywhere, would have littered the ground in certain regions of the world, in certain deserts, in certain dry areas, in certain wet areas, in certain mountainous areas, in the riverbeds. Minerals and gems would have been everywhere. And so the idea that, you know, we're going to fetch water, um, and, and, and I finding something that's common that's common today for me because i know where to look and i often take the time to look um i find jewelry i find gold i found diamonds um in a modern context but i've also found them in a more natural context uh just exploring um the arena one of the things that i did uh, as a child was dig in the yard now, now i didn't make a mess um, I, I didn't get my ass beat, you know, for, you know, for digging up the yard. But I was allowed to dig in the yard a little bit, you know, in, in a certain area. Um, I gardened even as, as a child, as a teenager in elementary school and coming up. Um, so crystals come in back at the creation of time. Now, we talk about written history, Egypt, ancient Egypt, uh, the time of, of the people who were writing. Uh, Plato and the Greeks and, you know, and the Arab, uh, there are many Arab stories that we overlook and don't investigate um, that speak of wealth, gem, gemstones, cursed gemstones, blessed gemstones, India. India would have stories that almost predate what we call predate history or written history that involve supernatural powers, gemstones, uh, um, and the usage thereof. So I would say it's always been present since written history, since organized societies um, have existed. Um, I, I credit the Egyptians because it's closest to our time. It's the most accessible in terms of information to us. And even as a child, as an adolescent, that's sort of how I got moving on my spirit walk. And it was with the question of why are they burying people with, you know, what we would perceive as millions and billions and trillions of dollars of wealth. Uh, even if we look at the pyramid itself and just the stone block, there's value in just the stone block. And often those monuments were destroyed or recycled uh, so that they could create new buildings, new temples, new spaces. 
And we know that there's great crystal quartz content in those stone blocks that, that hold together even uh, um, even the, the pyramids of Egypt. So crystal, mineral, stone goes back to the beginning, beloved. Uh, even in the new, the, 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 the new world, what we call the so-called new world, that belonged to the indigenous people that were here before we discovered it, um, we, we know of, of seeing crystals and dream stones um, that give humanity the ability to see, to receive information, store information for others to, to capture and recapture um, at a later time. So it goes back to the beginnings of time. Um, whoever first talked about Lemuria, Atlantis, Atlantis, I think that was Plato, um, who originally started talking about it in his writing, started referencing periods, time periods that had not commonly been, been put into book work. So it, it goes back a great deal. Um, it's found in indigenous culture. It's found in China uh, in the power and the magic within jade and, and many other uh, jade-like minerals that are sold today as jade. Uh, like nephrite, for instance, another green mineral uh, that mimics jade in many ways. Um, sometimes when you think you're buying jade, you're actually buying nephrite uh, because we've assumed a certain color, a certain transparency, a certain uh, usage for jade. And so, uh, as always, retailers and, and commercialism have tapped into that. So often what you think you're buying is jade. It's not real jade. Um, my piece, that donut that I wear on my neck is real jade. Uh, the hardness, the transparency, the age of the stone, real jade. Uh, but I have a fishtail, Mayat, Mamiwata, uh, not Mayat, Mamiwata, uh, Yemaya, uh, mermaid fishtail that's quote-unquote jade, but it's nephrite. So, um, uh, I'm answering many different people's questions at the same time, randomly, I know. Um, so the beloved who was talking about uh, clearing space, um, that's St. Bruner. Beloved who was talking about starting on the spirit path, I'm also speaking to you. Um, learn your minerals, learn your stones, just like we do that for our body. Are you getting enough vitamin D, enough vitamin E, you know, enough vitamin A, you know, et cetera? Are you eating a balanced diet? Uh, so, so look into stones, crystals, minerals in a serious way, not just the, the feel-good New Agey books, but the geology books, the rock books that look at them from a scientific perspective. So you know the science and the math and the numerology, but that's what the numerology is, is in the science books that talk about rocks, the geology books that discuss rocks. That's why I favor Dave's Rock Shop in Chicago. Dave's Rock Shop on the north side of Chicago. I can't remember the street. Um, Keona, somebody might Google it real quick. On the north side of Chicago in Evanston. Um, they are geologists. They are archaeologists. Um, they have a, a dinosaur museum in their basement. Um, and so they, they are not overpricing their stones. They don't have a new agey, trendy, faddish approach to what's being sold out of this shop. Um, so I, I trust them. I've I shopped with them for years. Some of my best pieces come out of uh, 
day rock shop. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Felice Akushua, I hope I addressed that appropriately. Uh, if not, hit me back in the chat or, or get on the phones with me. Oh, no, it's too late to get on the phone. Only people who are already on the phone can speak to me on the phone. So if you're on the phone and you um, have never spoken, you need to raise your hand so I can unmute your mic. If you have spoken, your mic is already muted. All you have to do is unmute yourself at any point that you need to ask a new question or jump in. My sister Wapani, I, I greet you in, in love and light, my ninja. Um, and I appreciate you drinking that kale, mango, kiwi, and various berries. That sounds tasty. I forgot to say I put palm in my, uh, in my juice because I like berries, pomegranate, blackberry, grape. As long as it's dark, purple, black, I, I love it. I'm here, Blog Talk Radio. I had to take a sip. Uh, thank you all for your questions. Thank you all for your comments. Thank you all for your suggestions. Okay, well, Pani, uh, because of the nonsense that we've endured, you don't feel entirely connected to the answer. She didn't say entirely. She said she don't feel connected to the answer. I say entirely because there's no way to be separated from your answer, even if you're not conscious of it, even if you're not cognizant of it, because they exist in your blood. So, Wapani, they're in everything. They're in your likes and your dislikes. Even in your um, not feeling connected, your ancestors are there. Your ancestors know why you don't feel connected. They know why you're not connected. They know what was done to you. They know what happened to you. They know what happened before you. Because sometimes when we are put in that position of being victimized, our focus is just that. I felt the victimization and the, the oppressor, the person who committed the crime, the person who, who, who committed the act. And it's hard for us to think about that person's parents, grandparents, that person's environment, because we're, we're in a struggle not to show empathy or connection to the oppressor. And I get that. That's often a safe position to have. But when you're taking a healing position, you have to be more selfish in your thought process. So it's selfish in a healthy way, in a self-care way. It's selfish for you to think about not the oppressor, not the abuser, but the abuser's parents, grandparents, lifestyle, the, the environment that they were quite possibly exposed to. Now, in some cases, that, that information ain't available and people don't have a clue. In our case, to some degree, one upon, uh, and forgive me for being personal, we have some of that information. We know about the aggressiveness and the brutality of our Broomfield grandparents. Uh, we know that that was effect, felt and, and affected across generations um, till this day. The Harris eyebrows, the, the Harris attitude, um, Tasha, you in the chat, um, it's legendary, <laughs> you know, and it crosses time and space. It crosses generations. 
So there's no, you know, it's sort of uh, what's implied in how you worded your question. There's no way to not be connected to your ancestors, but what we're striving for is a greater degree of connection. Don't focus on, don't focus on the negative one. Don't focus on the bad ones. Don't focus on the ones that violate it. Don't focus on the ones that you feel are responsible for the violation unless you're doing healing work. Uh, one version of the healing work is, you know, use your imagination. You sit in a chair, you put an empty chair in front of you, and you work out your issues in the spirit realm with the person that you had the blocks to. But in your general connection with ancestors, you are calling down, you are connecting with those who would do good those who would fix and repair, those who would offer sympathy, empathy, comfort uh, to us in, in our time of need. We're not calling on the ego, which means the dead in a more general sense, and particularly those dead who, who we already know we have a problem with. Um, I'm not suggesting you put the abuser's picture on your shrine, the abuser's uh, uh, obituary on your shrine. Um, but your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your other dead family members, the ones that you can get a, attached to, the ones you can get a hold of in a physical sense, obituary or something that they own. Um, and even the ancestors that you don't have a personal direct relationship with. We didn't have much of a relationship with Madea. Okay, but she's on my shrine. Um, I know she has some negative energy about her. Um, I know it was projected at us on the occasion, um, but I have her there to address him and to handle him and to handle the darkness that comes through the, the, the abuser. Um, and so that's why I have her there. Um, I have our great-grandparents on the Broomfield side there. Um, it has been said that some of the abuse of nature stems from there, originates from there. And we know very little about them. We know that they possessed land in a time when our people didn't possess land. Uh, we know that they were one generation removed from Poisson Blanc. So we know that their kin, skin color uh, may have also played a role in, in how they lived, how they moved about in society, how they had land and were able to hold on to their land uh, to some degree. But I came, you know, have not found a record of slaves. Um, before them or after. Um, so we can only imagine uh, a man and a, a woman with no less than 10 kids um, trying to handle acres of land uh, in a racist, white supremacist, sexist, abusive, uh, uh, land burning, land stealing, lynching environment. Um, and so that can make a person bitter. That can make a person edgy. That can per make a person negative. So it's in a slow way, meditative way, that you come at your ancestors and you come at your ancestors in the, in the zone of safety first. And then you apply more stringent skills and techniques to address those harder issues that ultimately will come up at some point in your spirit walk, in your in your meditation. Um, create a space, as I said earlier in the show, Apani, 
if you haven't done so already, acknowledge. Acknowledge those that come before with 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 smoke, with smudging, with with libation. Did you catch that? With with tobacco. Many of our ancestors asked for that, required that. It's also seen as a prayer. Smoke is also seen as a libation. Um, and sit with those that would be helpful to you. And if you don't know their name, then, then you say that. I, I invoke the ancestors that are here to assist me. I invite in the ancestors that are here for my own good, in my best interest. We don't disturb those who can't help us. We don't disturb those who are still themselves in a, in, in a state of need, in, in a state of needing help. Um, well, Pani, come back at me if I need to say more, if you haven't gone back out into the into the yard. Um, but that's that, yes, think, Bruna, that's that shadow work. Well, Pani, you still got shadow work to do. And I say that in love. Um, I, I hope I'm not giving you the sense of you being called out on air. Um, we all do. We all have ancestral connections that have negative attacks for them. It's the human condition. For some of us, it's just closer to us than, than others, generationally. Because if you've been hurt, abused by your siblings, by your parents, by your grandparents, by your your uh, guardian, um, it, it, it shows up as closer to you, by, by your spouse, by your lover. It affects us deeper and shows up closer. So I get that. But there's no way to do any kind of ancestral work without some some point coming to the to the crossroads without some point accessing uh, feelings without accessing feelings that uh, that gonna you know conjure up negative negative attachments so in the safety of your ancestor room, in the safety of your prayer room, in the safety of your, your closet, in the safety of your shrine space, is where you work out your shadow and you deal with the, that sh those shadow spirits and that shadow energy. It's one of the reasons we light candles. It's one of the reasons we, we burn oil lamps. It's one of the reasons that we bring some illumination, whether it's day or night, whether in the dark room or, or lit room. We add that act that ritual act of illumination to give them light to give light in the spirit realm so that only light only positive is being drawn to us in the darkness of safe to face because whether it's literal darkness and you you in a room with candles burning or in the closed eye space where initially there's darkness then comes illumination and we then begin to see. We also burn candles with Pani on our ancestors' shrines to keep certain ancestral egungoons and elder spirits alive with us, not to wake up or keep alive any anything or anyone that would pass down the negative. So how I deal with the living oppressor, how I, how I deal with the living abuser, is through the ancestor realm. They can reach them quicker than you can, closer than you can, sooner than you can, with a greater degree of stealth and calculation. I deal with them in my ancestral space. 
Uh, if you want to respond to that, uh, come back, come back at me. Um, type your, your questions in all chat uh, so that I can see it clearly. Yeah. Yes, divine self-healing. You, you can clean eggum. You can smudge eggum. And indeed, there are eggums that, with an S, eggum. When we say eggum without an S, we're talking to, about the deity of the dead like Papa Gede or, or Baron Sandy. Um, but the ego, yes, we, you know, Catholics have the same concept. Um, I think it's called purgatory. Um, and so your, your soul is like in limbo. And so it, it can be blessed. It can be cleansed. Uh, the Mormons baptize dead people. Uh, and if you didn't know, the, the Mormons baptize everybody. If you got a social security number, the Mormons got your name, uh, your birth date, um, and they're going to baptize you, uh, even even in death, uh, to ensure the protection of your of your soul. That's that's one of the things the Mormons do. That's why when you're studying ancestry, lineage through these websites, and you're trying to connect the dots with your family, the Mormons is one of the people that we go to because they have the most extensive archive of people and names and birthdays and families uh, in the U.S. I hope that's not alarming, but but and shocking to you, but, but that's, a, that's the truth. But yeah, we can cleanse, we can smudge them, but uh, they still need time to sort of do their work. Oh, I know what I was gonna say, but they can still bring forward something good. They can still bring forward a message, a clue. Uh, and sometimes in dark areas, uh, if we're talking about murder, abuse, rape, child abuse, um, theft, um, sometimes our, uh, I'll safely say, our dirty relatives um, can come through in, in ancestral, ancestral work to provide protection, defense, retribution, you know, all, all that sort of thing. So um, our aunt, my godmother and godfathers, my ancestors told me, uh, baby, your first line of defense is your ancestors. That's your first line of, of defense. Um, okay, let me see. I'm trying to pull out all my capitalized stuff here. It's a lot going on. Um, Keisha Smith, what's the name of which book? I'm not sure which book I said or I referenced. Um, oh, you didn't. Well, Pawnee had recommended a book of water oh, okay. and in the spirit, and so she, um, um, she just clarified. And well, Pawnee left the chat a little while ago. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. I see it now. Okay. Um, okay, I see it. So I guess I am on point with the question. I guess I'm not missing anything or anybody. No, yeah, she's going back, yeah, she's going back to the garden. I mean, this is the time of year. Don't don't mm-hmm. let the events of the day throw us off in terms of the calendar. And I know it's easy to do because I, I keep checking my calendar every day, whether it's the moon, the weather, the deity. I'm checking my calendar every day several times a day uh, because, uh, you know, it feels like you're on vacation, almost like, you know, you on time off, and then you go back to work, and everything is a little wonky. 
until you get back to your rhythm, we're having to find and create a new rhythm right now. That is the spirit of the day. That is the spirit of the time. That's why we're doing this time out to realign our rhythm, to, to realign our, our pace, to, to realign our harmony, you know, to realign our, our vibration. I appreciate your questions, your comments, your requests. Uh, please uh, jump in in the chat with your uh, capitalized questions. If you can't capitalize, uh, use correct punctuation so that I can see and, and, and dissect it. Kiona will help me to dissect it. Otherwise, I'm going to move forward momentarily. I love you and I appreciate you and your support and your attention and, and you're always showing up. In this I want to ask something space. before you go, because you, because I appreciate this is Kiana. I appreciate you for your service, because you've been going, and I know it's time for you to drink and and everything. But when you were speaking on the ancestry um, reports and how yours had updated via email, and you were speaking on Maria Leandra, um, I was looking her up, and um, a lot of there were different versions of what happened to her and how she became a goddess, and one of the ones that stood out to me was um, that she was thrown into a lake as a sacrifice for an anaconda spirit, and she emerged as a goddess. And so when I read that, the first question that came to me was, who are you? Who hurt you? What happened? And so I was thinking, you know, and I noticed, um, and I'm not trying to come from spook bill, but from my own experience, anytime that I've ever um got involved with, with premarital sex, I always felt like some type of void. I felt like a sense of death. I felt a sense of hurt. And I, I could be bold enough to say that that goes all the way back to the womb. You know, it almost feels as if, like, my blood remembers certain conversations of rejection or certain conversations of want. I mean, like, from the from the womb. And is it is it possible that through having sex with casually and, and not really being in a commitment with someone that it could really drudge up something like that? Or is it, or is it some, or am I thinking on the wrong track? Yes. Yeah. If you watch me on camera, I'm shaking my head. Yes. And absolutely. Okay. You okay. hit, you hit on two things. You, you, you took it back to the womb for me. You took it back to the first, the first projection, the first rejection, the first um, um, being thrust out or, or being thrust in, depending on where your mind is in, in this uh, analogy. You're now being thrust into the new world, is what I'm trying to say. You, you're now coming out of a room, coming out of a better place. Your memories have been stripped from you as an infant. And now you're being forced through the birth canal into the new, in the new world, in the new realm, to have to remember who you are all over again from fresh. So that, that's the first abuse, you know, when the doctor has to snatch you out of there because you breach or you ain't in the right position. You know, when they cut that um, umbilical cord. You know, when they snip the, the, the penis, you know, in the circumcision, you know, that's the first abuse. That's the first most tragic event 
that we we come in this world with. Um, and we cry and we scream and we holler. And if you don't, they smack you on the air to be sure, you know, the blood's flowing and, 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 and the mucus is out of your lungs and, and, and you operating now in this real world. It's the first lesson that life don't always feel good. Lessons ain't, ain't always cute. Lessons ain't always cuddly. And, and I might have to slap you on your ass to make sure your blood is flowing, you know, and, and, and you're attentive and your senses are doing what they're supposed to do to make sure you, you open your mouth. Um, do you want to live? The, the, the doctor might be saying, open your mouth. We create and recreate our reality with our mouth. And so the child screams, the child hollers, the, the child relents to now coming into life. We, we look at that as a blessed moment. It's a blessed occasion. But when we break it down to what it really is, you know, and, 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 the, and the women under the sound of my voice, you get it because you're feeling it. You're doing the epidural. You know, you 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 enduring all the other signs and warnings and cautions and and fears that that come along with that moment. No, no matter how clean, you know, the birth is. I've heard of the clean birth. You know, I I I had my child at home. I know a Nigerian woman, Shinway, back in California. Uh, she had all her children at home, with no help, with no man, and by herself. And for her, it was, you know, I sat in, you know, the bathtub or, 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 or the little pool of water. And, and, and then I, I squatted and pushed it out. And, you know, she said it wasn't no pain. I, I don't believe her. <laughs> but she said it wasn't no pain. So we don't think often about it. And then we don't think about it from the baby's perspective. That's another one of those meditations that you can do to increase the, the visibility of your third eye, of your spiritual vision. Just imagine birth from the baby's perspective and what's happening. And, 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 and you know, you're being pushed and pulled and pressure and pain and, and I'm stuck and, and this cord is wrapped around my leg and all, you know, think of it from that perspective and it mirrors to a great degree what our human journey is, spiritually, um, and, and encountering weather. And you know, when I say weather, I mean life challenges, the, the crossroads of life. Um, it's weather. And we are, yes, we are being asked a lot. The baby, was, you know, is being asked to do a lot and to go through a lot and to endure a lot. And, and to a certain degree, you know, we say it wasn't just the child choosing, you know, mom and daddy chose to get together. But we chose before we come in. We really do. We, we chose before we were born. We chose before we were sculpted in the flesh. We chose when we were only spirit and only understood spirit and may have contained all the knowledge of lives that we had lived before, but also the lives that everyone else had lived before because we're spirit. And then we're forced into this clay vessel to come into this, this plastic world and i say plastic because you know think of plastic in the most horror movie three thriller like you know characteristics this world is malleable this this world is made of all the same stuff but it gets shipped around moved around recycled burnt denigrated only just to grow up again somewhere else in the universe only to come back up again in, in your yard somewhere else you know, as a weed or a plant, 
You know, it, it's a very plastic world. Everything we see is not real. Everything we see is not real. You know, we, we have convinced ourselves for our sanity as humans that, that our table is real, our chairs are real, our, this computer is real, but it's real plastic. It's real wood. It's real atoms and molecules that only need to be broken down and, and then to be reshaped again. So the illusion, I call it an illusion of challenge, the illusion of it being a problem. You know, it's pain when it's not in your favor. It's pain when, when you know, you can't walk, you can't move, you don't have mobility. But is it pain when you're bringing life into the world? You know, and thus is it pain when you're making your transition to the next level. Some people leave peacefully. Some people die with a smile on their face. Some people die, and, and like I described birth, show no signs of discomfort. Show no signs, oh, he died peacefully. That's what we say on the news. She died peacefully in her sleep. To, 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 and that's supposed to mean without any pain, without any complications, without any suffering. Because we as the living need to feel that our loved one didn't suffer. Though we have no real proof of that. Not really. We don't have no real proof of that. We don't have no real proof to what degree grandma in her Alzheimer's and her senility really feel any of that at all going out. And we all have seen occasions where people check out long before they body check out. We know the soul's gone. We know the spirit's gone. We know that part is gone in the body. It's just a vessel. So when we're walking these spirit paths, uh, Kiona, when we're trying to make these decisions, we're trying to come to these, these crossroads, ease up on yourself a little bit in terms of the judgment. Not just the judgment of yourself, but the judgment of what this is supposed to look like, what this is supposed to feel like. What's supposed to be happening right now when I pray, when I meditate, when I close my eyes, when I do this ritual? Ease up a little bit on the judgment and allow your imagination to open your third eye a little bit. Allow your third eye to see a little bit more clearly. Am I making sense to you? How far have I digressed? And bring me back if I need to. No, you're, no, you're right on point. You're right on point. I thought I had went into Spookville because three years ago, my third eye is always, I've always had spirituality, but three years ago I um, met a guy, and after that, um, my third eye was open to where I thought I was losing my mind. Like I thought I, I was going to have to go check myself in somewhere because I didn't. It's like I, I, I awakened, and I was like, how can you be intimate with somebody that you're not married to and it awaken you? Well, just like tantric sex, which we've never really discussed in any detail on the show, a lot of you don't realize I even have that knowledge, a great deal of that knowledge. Um, I actually have a, a, a tarot deck uh, that's tantric um, that has all the positioning and information. And, and so, yeah, there's a physical activity going on that requires a certain level of, of, of stimulation, sexualization, um, intimacy, but there's a higher level spiritual thing going on in tantric sex. And you both have to understand that anytime you connect with the person, you're absorbing a certain amount of their energy. 
excuse me, a certain amount of their energy. And it does not always have to be through sex. You befriended people, you have cousins, you have family members, you have girlfriends, boyfriends that you hang out with, and you absorb their behavior. You absorb their language, you absorb their accent. Some of us are better at it than others. I am great at languages. I, I, all I need to do is hear, just like I play the piano. All I need to do is hear it, hear it enough time, and, and I can mimic it. I can play it. So I absorb every dialect of every place I've ever lived. I've lived all over the country. Um, and so there's sometimes people can hear sort of the southern, mid-Atlantic uh, mix of, of my sort of upbringing. Um, there are others who can sort of hear just the Louisiana, just the New Orleans uh, that I've absorbed over the last two decades or more. Um, I can sound like a New Yorker, you know, on a dime. You know, I can sound like a, a someone from from Boston, you know, on a dime. Just talking about Boston, you know, will change how I say words, how I enunciate certain words, you know, how we say ka, you know, will change. So intimacy from a sexual perspective is, is a whole nother level. And particularly for a woman, because science has demonstrated that a man deposits DNA in a woman. And I, that might be scary to some people. That might be a little frightful to others. Uh, I'm not trying to get into nobody's business. I'm not staying into anybody's closet. I'm not counting anybody's bedmates. But you absorb their DNA. That's science. Science. A man leaves DNA in a woman that stays there forever. And so, yeah, that's why it's easy for a woman to invoke that emotion, to, 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 to smell him and he's not there, to feel her and she's not there anymore, uh, to, to feel their thoughts, to hear their thoughts, to project thoughts at them, and then they call, and then they respond, then they show up on your, on your social media. You know, that, that's no, nobody's imagination. That's real talk. So... If we're going to be honest about it, Kim, and you always been honest, your question is on the point. Absolutely, there's going to be some, some toxic residue that resides in your psyche, in your spirit body, in your emotional body. That part can be addressed. That part can be adjusted. And so you have to be clean, literally and figuratively. You, you have to re-look at sex and intimacy and who I'm sleeping with and why. Even when I was young, I just didn't get the one night stand. I just didn't understand the hookup. And, and I don't get it today. I, I don't. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not standing in a position of judgment. I'm saying that as a spirit body, as an individual, as a human, my, 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 I don't get it. Because of who I am spiritually and the knowledge that has always been a part of my psychic makeup, of my psyche, I've never gotten that. I've never understood that. Um, I've never understood attraction um, to the inanimate thing. Um, I'm not averse to pictures. I'm not, I've got classic um, tabletop black horn books that go back to the 60s and the 70s. Um, that should tell you why I have them. Um, finding pictures of Black people together in any kind of real intimate setting is rare in our culture. 
you know, we got a lot of white porn, a lot of crazy porn, but finding black people together, people of color together, um, and, and, and artistic, because these are tabletop, glossy, you know, fashion from the 60s and the 70s. So anytime you hook up, you're taking in their energy. So, oh, I know what I'm saying. So the idea of seeing porn just for the sake of sex, just for the sake of arousal, I don't get that because there's no personality there. Who is that person? What is that person really like? What is that person really made of? What does that person really believe? I can't turn that off. And a lot of women can't turn that off. And that's why it's a lot of women and a lot of men who are operating with feminine energy. That's why it's hard for you to let go, hard for you to cut the tide. It's easier for you to deal with what I'm dealing with than to have to learn a new person all over again. But part of that is you're taking in that DNA material. I know that sounds nasty, but it's the truth. That's science. And so Tom, Dick, and Harry walk with you unless you silence them. That's part of the story. I'm about to tell a secret now. That's part of the story in Yemaya and why Yemaya cut Olakun's tongue out and chained him to the bottom of the sea. I invited you into my lair. I invited you into my sacred space. Uh, what Tina Marie say, come inside. <laughs> you know, and, and so she allowed him to come inside. And then there was this in the story, in the Pataki, that he had access to her secrets, had access to her iyamit, had access to her power. And, and, and rather than have him leave the underworld, leave the spirit realm, leave the, leave the spirit of the ancestors, because the ocean is also considered a realm of the ancestors, and, and carry that knowledge back into the realm of humanity, where it would be abused. And, and taken advantage of in, in a negative way because Olokun represents the hidden things, the mysteries, the mysteries behind voodoo, the mysteries behind the what's at the bottom of the sea, the mysteries behind healing arts, the, the, you know, the mysteries. So she cut his tongue out and chained him to the bottom of the sea to prevent that. So, and the chain absolutely could be referencing DNA the DNA chain and that information, that material now being carried down to the next generation. And particularly the stuff that we don't address, that we don't fix, that we don't repair. So um, it's a dangerous act. Promiscuity is a dangerous act. I'm not being moralistic. This has nothing to do with my moral compass. This ain't about my values versus your values. This ain't about my religion versus your religion. I'm not speaking from that perspective. I'm speaking biologically and I'm speaking spiritually. Promiscuity is very dangerous. And you are indeed adding layers of crazy to more crazy because we often attract the same spirit. So it might not be the same guy, might not be the same woman, might not be the same person, but the same energy, the same Spirit, the same toxins, the same footprint, the same vibration that you are familiar with. Because we attract 
not just what we attract and are interested in and might desire, but more importantly, the stronger energetic pull is what we're used to, what we know, what we will accept. And that's why it's so dangerous to accept disrespect, to accept bad behavior one time, two times, because the third time it's locked in. And so you, you set a precedent that it's okay to disrespect me. It's okay to come inside and step on my wound. It's okay to come inside and leave your baggage for me now to have to clean up, fix, and repair. So, so you're being guided appropriately. I, I try to come at it as safely and as cleanly and as humbly and, and without disrespecting you in any way. But your guides are leading you right. It's tricky. It's tricky. No, you did the right thing because, I mean, you know I love you. You know I love you because you, you're going to give it to me. It's going to be three doses of reality, and that's why I ask. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are people I'm connected to forever, forever, and I can enumerate them. I know them by name. I, I know where they're at right now. I know where they live. I know how they live and and of course they they've gone on with their life in most occasions. Um, my soulmate sticks to me. Thirty three years and counting, my my soulmate sticks to me. Um, and so I can't shake my my soulmate whether we're together or not. Can't shake it. Can't shake it. Email, text, phone, after dough. Can't can't shake it. Um, and I'm over feeling uncomfortable about it being angry about it, being disappointed about it, because um, some of you are disappointed, you know, and if you heard what I said, the soul can move. The soul can relocate. So you can call your soulmate back to you through a vessel that's more prepared, that's more in line with where you're at, that's more capable of meeting you uh, where you are. But you got to do your homework to get there. You got to do your homework to get there. You, you got to clean up your own stuff. You got you got a shadow box, okay? You got a shadow box, and and, and so that means co confronting your stuff. And when I was able to confront my stuff, didn't mean the soulmate didn't keep coming back, still broken and unrepaired. Uh, but that energy of the soulmate, authentic energy, was able to transfer to other people you know, in other very positive ways. And some of that energy is in my ministry. I use some of that energy to fix and repair and address other people's relationships. Some of you who talk to me off air, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I reference me, I reference my life, I reference, reference my parents' life uh, on many occasions uh, as a way of getting people to understand what I'm saying in the course of other divination. So do your work, cleanse your wound, literally and figuratively. Cleanse your inside, literally and figuratively. Get it out, purge, cry if you have to, shout if you have to, be angry if you have to work that out in the safety of your sacred space, your spirit space, literally and figuratively. Work that out. Otherwise, it will set up blocks that you have to deal with later on. It will become a permanent algorithm that you will either end up having to go with 
surrender to, resist, or fight against, but it'll stick to you, and it'll stick with you. And, and it can reproduce. It can reproduce. It, it can show up in, in, in future relationships. I've seen it show up in people's children. That's why sometimes, you know, the broken family is so difficult because mama can only see daddy in the child. Mama can only see what's not good for her in the child. And sometimes that shows up in how, how uh, a parent would treat their children because men do the same thing. Well, we'll abuse the child, treat, treat the children aggressively, deny the children uh, because of mama and some relationship, some energy with mama. And we don't think, if we don't notice things, that that energy is embedded in your womb, 